Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our next vodcast. And this was a lecture I gave a couple weeks ago at the AUR on the symposium they had on social media. So I gave the keynote, and it was entitled Social Media Prima, What Does It Mean? And so let me tell you what I thought it meant, and let me share this with you. So when you go back just a couple years, Fortune Magazine made the point that social media has come to healthcare, that it's what patients do expect. Patients look for significant information, uh, and that medicine was a bit behind. Quote, imagine joining an online global community of people with the same rare disorder or finding a doctor on the basis of detailed patient reviews. Facebook may provide its fans with tools they love, but this new wave of social networks offers tools that its users can't live without, in some cases literally. So what I said I was going to do in this talk was speak a little bit about social media, kind of generically, just some of the key players and why you might do things. But what I was going to do and what I did was speak more about what we do in our experience. So rather than just talk about theory, to quote Yogi Berra, in theory there's no difference between theory and practice, but in practice there is, I was going to tell you exactly what we're doing and what our results are rather than the theory of doing social media. Or to quote Warren Buffett, who had another great quote, well, it may be all right in practice, but it will never work in theory. And you got to like Warren Buffett. Okay. So what's social media? Many different definitions. Here's a classic computer-mediated tools that allow people to create, share, or exchange information, ideas, and pictures, and videos, and virtual communities and network. It's really the future of communication, a countless array of internet-based tools and platforms that increase and enhance the sharing of information. And you realize the words that in both definitions that are the same is information and exchanging and sharing information. Now, radiologists, we tend to be, like most physicians, a bit slow in adapting to change. This article by Eric Wankers makes the point that while many radiologists are using social media, a large number of our colleagues are not. And the opportunities for that enhancing our practice, our education, and our lives is indeed very real. And it's something we need to be thinking about. Now, if you ask me to name all of the different things, well, there's social and professional networks. And those are the things you've probably heard of the most. Facebook or YouTube, LinkedIn, Google, Instagram. There's blogs. And then there's microblogs. And maybe the best one you heard of is Twitter, which kind of links between social and professional networks and a microblog. Now, you don't need to know all about all of these, and I'll just focus on a couple. But the trend and the concept and the use is in some ways the same. Particularly as we go to mobile devices, it's made social media even easier because it's with you all the time. You're in the elevator, you check your phone. You're standing there doing nothing, you check the phone. You're at the light, you check the phone. You're in the store, you check the phone. Someone's talking to you, you check the phone. You're at a meeting, you check the phone. You got my point. Um, 2015, global smartphone user base passed 2 billion. Most of them, more than half now, have advanced headsets. People aren't carrying around 10-year-old phones. They're all new phones. And again, 53% of the world's mobile phone users will be mobile internet users, okay? So that's a major trend. And then you look at some numbers. If you look at smartphone users, 
More than half of them have looked at their smartphone to get health information. That's more than online banking or info on jobs or anything else. And when you have companies like Apple coming out with new products, what do they focus on? Healthcare, whether it's the iPad, the iPhone, or the watch. Apple is targeting consumers to expect more from medicine. And then the patients. Well, everyone speaks about healthcare and social media and the web. And changes in technology have changed what people expect. In the old days, they expected the doctor to tell them what to do. They asked no questions. Now they want access to their medical records. And they want access to their radiology imaging records. They want access to information about their disease and outcomes and complications. And they want access to other physicians or care providers whenever they want them to get more information. People are no longer willing to have medicine practice like we've done it for hundreds of years. And just think about what that means. So patients want to be more informed and they want to be more in control of their health. It's no longer going to be a one-directional thing. It becomes this conversational two-directional, which is really what social media excels. And with the radiologist, you know, it's even more focused. People want more interaction with their radiologist. People do use Google now. Dr. Google is a very good doctor, has the answer for almost everything. And surprisingly, it's almost always right. People want to be able to get second opinions. And the world today really does not make you trust everything and everybody. People have lots of doubts. And so second opinions or just other opinions are something that becomes very practical, important, and works well with social media. This article uh, Whitney Zember wrote, that's Whitney Fishman Zember to you, as more and more people use social media platforms for other forms of information, adopting it for personal health is only natural. Social media can play a critical role in patients taking charge of their own health because of its informational, emotional, and communicative value. So again, it's people taking control of their health. And Whitney made the point also in her talks at RSNA and our meetings that it's very important for radiologists to really be aggressive in this domain because at the end of the day, patients like to, like all of us, trust certain websites. They want trusted sources of information. So it's very important that we become in the conversation, that we become the trusted network. If you want Medscape or someone else to do it, that's what's going to happen. But unless you're involved, you're not going to be part of the process. Once people make decisions where to look on the web, people go to Amazon, they don't go 10 other places for shopping. People go to Google, they don't go other places. That's the challenge something like Yahoo has these days. People go other places. It's imperative that hospitals and physicians work to be included in patients' trusted networks, both online and offline. Now, there's also another thing it can really do for us. Gary Glazer wrote this article about the invisible radiologist. Excellent article worth reading. But it makes the point that one in two people don't know whether a radiologist is a person who interprets a scan or administers the scan. And the importance of this is not just in perception, but this article he wrote also about decades of perceived mediocrity, prestige, and radiology, that rather than viewing radiology as a well-developed medical specialty, many believe it's a profession with little intellectual stimulation, and that imaging services are commodities distinguished by cost rather than expertise. And that is indeed horrendous. 
but it's in danger of happening. One of the big dangers of teleradiology, there's some positive things. One of the negatives is, is just a bunch of film readers willing to read film at the lowest cost. Social media and the web really give us a chance to rebrand ourselves, both as radiologists and the field of radiology, and our role in healthcare. We could tell patients what is radiology and what radiologists actually do. What are our exams, where they help, and what are their limitations? What's our role in their healthcare? We're central to their healthcare. Everybody gets imaging. We need to provide information to our patients in multiple touch points, both before and after their imaging studies. Perhaps even review the studies with patients, and I know that's really painful, and I personally do it for certain VIPs and certain patients, but if I did it for every patient, I would read half as many films, but maybe we're gonna to need to do that. This article by Eric Wanksart made the point that a key thing about social media for radiologists, it improves the radiologist's visibility among clinicians and patients. And there are many other things it does. It increases interaction with clinicians locally and globally. It helps exchange uh, and av the availability of relevant information and knowledge. There's distribution discussion of information and cases for education and research but that first one becomes super critical. An article by Pat Girard from Clinical Radiology speaks about the national health system, that's London, encouraging healthcare workers to embrace social media and realize the benefit for staffs, patients, and their families. So it's not just the US thing, and it's not just the radiology thing perhaps, but it's universal across all specialties and across all societies. Now, there are things that all of us do, and whether you know it or not, you're part of radiologyinfo.org, and that's a website that provides information, the radiology resource for patients. It tells patients about every study, how it's done, what to expect, why we do the study, some of the complications, and it's done by the RSNA and ACR. We now have over a million site visits a month. It's been very successful on its rewrite which is really good for mobile devices. It covers almost every disease. It goes through the topic and it's written for the patients. So the language is easy for patients to understand and it's easy to get to and it's for free. We talk about tests and options, there's lots of videos and the redo really is shown by the success. Look at those numbers, well over a million visitors every single month. There are other sites like Cancer Commons, which basically tries to help people out with cancer. It's not looking to make money, but it's trying to make certain that whatever your treatment is, you're getting the best treatment. And if you have a disease which perhaps seems like there's no treatment, is there something being developed? The organizer of the site was told he had six months to live 10 years ago and looked up and found a different treatment which made all the difference. And this is not to have treatments that are really weird or strange or just hocus pocus, but this is really major trials they talk about and how you indeed can be helped. They mentioned the content of information, 100,000 papers published annually in cancer, 50,000 number of clinical trials listed on clinicaltrials.gov, 5,000 number of trials reported at the ASCO meeting, so again, there's so much information, you can't find it. This site is there to help you find what works specifically for your disease. So you can see people are coming up with things that indeed do make a big difference. 
We had a visitor a few months back, Bill Phillips, who's the editor of Men's Health, and was telling us it's very important for radiology and all of medicine to change how they deal with patients, or maybe you call them customers, or maybe healthy people. They're not a patient till they come here. And he was making the point that his magazine online has more than 20 million users because they've become very, very successful at giving information that people want to improve their health. He made the point that when you come to a hospital, it's because you're ill. If you're ill, that means you have a problem. Can you prevent getting sick? Now, you can't prevent it forever, but maybe you can delay it. And his point was, as the leadership of Men's Health looks to the magazine for direct advice, we believe that patients will hear directly from their radiologists about what studies undergo and the results of those exams. So again, the change becomes very, very critical. And when you think about social media, if I put down a list of things to look at how we can do things differently, we talk about education and training, whether it's the medical student or resident or fellow level, to postgrad CME, to training for technologists, referring physicians and patient education. We talk about patient care, whether it's patient education, physician education about radiology studies, for example, allied health professional education, nurses, PAs, for example. And we talk about the opportunity for research. Can we recruit patients for trials via social media? Can we follow patients up? Can we do multi-institutional research, perhaps, by using social media? These are all things that are being looked at very carefully, and there are some challenges, but there are incredible opportunities. So that's kind of somewhat generic. Let's get more specific. If I ask the question, what social media sites might be helpful for you, you have to ask several questions. What's your mission? Who's your intended audience? Physicians, technologists, patients? What kind of media do you want to use? Static images, videos, what is it you want to show? And what is your budget? Well, regardless of what answers you give me, what you are trying to do is provide connectivity between your team, your goals, your vision, and the world, or at least your targeted audience. And if you look at that, there really are three big players and maybe a fourth big player. Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube are the ones we all think about and in our experience we use the most. I do have a LinkedIn account. People in business like LinkedIn. You touch other professionals, but I have it because people bug me all the time and you add people, but I don't find it that useful. If you look at the top 10 networking sites, you can see from this article just published, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and Google Plus are the top five. And you can see things like Instagram and Flickr and Vine all tend to follow. So there's a lot of different sites that are successful, and in reality is it's hard to do all of them. So let's talk about what we do at Hopkins and what our group does. And really our focus is on the web. It's been through CT as Us. And then as we move to social media, our focus has been on Facebook, but we also do use Twitter. So let me do this. Let me stop right here for a second. Let's take a five minute break and let's come back and let's discuss what our personal experience is. And with that, I'll see you in a couple of minutes. Bye.